Explore the heart and soul of Outback Australia with Vision Tours. Travel to fantastic destinations like Broken Hill, Coobapedi, Uluru and Alice Springs. Visiting local churches and meeting people spreading God's word in remote communities. The Salt and Light Tour, in conjunction with Bush Church Aid, is a holiday that celebrates our faith. Join like-minded people from July 28 with Vision Tours. See full details at vision.org.au slash tours. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby and those issues that are on the political agenda for the coming week. Dan Flynn is the Chief Political Officer at the ACL. Dan, a special welcome back to 2020. It's my pleasure, Neil. Great to be here. Hey, Dan, there's been a development in the case of a Brisbane mother who has been targeted via a broken New South Wales homosexual vilification complaint system. Uh, you've had some involvement with that via the ACL's legal arm. What's the situation in that story? Look, it's an incredibly important case. Uh, there was a, a mum, uh, Katrina Tate, a Queensland mum, Brisbane mother of four, uh, who reposted an ACL petition against Drag Queen Storytime uh, with very uh, benign uh, statements uh, of support and was targeted by, um, you know, really a serial uh, activist uh, who then uh, took her to the New South Wales, not Queensland, New South Wales Anti-Discrimination Tribunal uh, to sue her <clears throat> and uh, that got past the gatekeepers and, you know, was, uh, you know, at the mediation stage. Uh, we are very fortunate that the Human Rights Law Alliance is a law firm dedicated uh, to protecting Australians' freedom of faith um, and their very capable work uh, led to the complaint being withdrawn uh, by the complainant. And uh, this all happened Thursday morning in what was a, a really stunning development. Uh, these cases pursued by activists uh, tend to grind people into the ground, but it was it was a great breakthrough. Uh, we're very blessed to have the Human Rights Law Alliance operating in Canberra uh, for Australian Christians who are, um, you know, somehow marginalised or persecuted for their faith. So it was a great win, and um, uh, fortunately, Katrina will be able to get back on with her life and uh, continue to be able to speak her faith uh, because a good precedent has been set by this withdrawal. Well, well, a positive breakthrough there. Uh, just quickly, just to spend a moment, the Human Rights Law Alliance, and that's an arm that was set up uh, by the Australian Christian Lobby, dealing with all of these sorts of odd cases uh, where uh, Christians are being dragged before the courts in whatever manner those courts might be. Uh, what are your thoughts here, just uh, briefly for a few moments, uh, people who are facing their own set of circumstances uh, where they're under threat, uh, the Human Rights Law Alliance, uh, this is the sort of thing, that's that, you know, who are you going to call? What are your thoughts here, Dan? Is that, uh, that the first uh, number you might pick up and dial? Look, absolutely. If, if somebody uh, in the workplace uh, or online has been uh, marginalised or discriminated against because of their faith or for some statement of belief, then they ought to access the Human Rights Law Alliance, uh, who they can find online. Uh, the um, managing director of that organisation, John Steenoff, uh, is a very capable and experienced litigator. Uh, what people could expect is that their case will be triaged 
Uh, it may be that um, all that's required is some advice over the phone, maybe a letter, uh, maybe a referral out to a barrister uh, to conduct a case. Uh, and, you know, uh, the position has been generally that um, uh, the work can be provided at a very subsidised rate uh, to uh, those who, who need help, and that's because of the generous support of many Christians around the country. Okay, and uh, just quickly, around the country, uh, that uh, the Human Rights Law Alliance based in Canberra, but uh, dealing with cases that are happening in all the states and territories around Australia. That's absolutely correct, Neil. Okay, let's move on. This Saturday, the federal seat of Eden Monero in New South Wales uh, is going to a by-election, uh, resignation of Labor MP Mike Kelly. Uh, what's the ACL view of what's going on with the campaign and uh, the importance of this by-election, Dan? Look, it's a very important campaign. Uh, we see a number of interesting dynamics. Uh, you know, uh, Eden Monero is... Uh, you've got, of course, the coastal areas, a lot of retirees living there. You've got Queanbeyan, which is basically joined at the hip to Canberra. Uh, you have these uh, country areas, uh, Yass and, and uh, so forth on the north. It's a very diverse electorate. You have two, uh, essentially, you know, the main candidates, Christy McBain, Labor. Fiona uh, Cottrell is Liberal, not to diminish the other candidates, but the fact is this elect election uh, will be won by either Liberal or Labor. Currently, Labor holds this seat by 1%. So I would say that Labor has the most to lose in this election because um, uh, it's uh, exceptionally rare that a, uh, a seat held by the opposition would be won by a government at a by-election. hasn't happened in Australia uh, for a century. So there's a lot on the line here. Local areas, obviously, a drought, bushfires, COVID-19. And you've got a Prime Minister now with uh, an approval rating of 68%, uh, which is exceptionally high. Uh, all of that will play into it. And, um, you know, the, the economy, the recovery, they're all big issues uh, in this particular election. OK, we'll be watching the election. Uh, Dan, the Australian newspaper's Bernard Lane continues to shine a spotlight on controversial gender clinics around the nation. Uh, what's happening so far as those gender clinics go? Look, there's a case afoot, Neil. Your uh, listeners will be very interested. Uh, the case is called Imogen, Re-Imogen. And the question before the family court will be, did the doctors break the law when giving the green light to opposite-sex hormone drugs uh, for a young boy and uh, a mother uh, is seeking to call evidence from a psychiatrist to say that uh, such treatment uh, is unsafe and uh, that, uh, you know, giving puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones to a minor, in fact, glosses over deeper and more complex, uh, you know, psychological difficulties. Now, this will be, Neil, the very first time the family court has ever heard evidence contrary to the narrative that uh, somebody must affirm a child's new stated gender. So this is definitely a move in the right direction to bring some, um, some common sense to this, that uh, these young people are being, uh, they're being done a major disservice by being used as pawns in a, an international political movement uh, that is trying to uh, deny gender uh, and confuse children.
Well, always disturbing when it's only one side who's being heard and there's some level of push here for an independent national inquiry. Is that likely to continue to gain that momentum? Well, I certainly hope so, Neil. Interestingly, when we were speaking last week, uh, we said on Monday afternoon uh, we will inform our supporters of a meeting coming up on Wednesday of the National Health Minister's Advisory Council. Uh, between that Monday night, so last Monday and last Thursday, some over 7,000 Australians wrote to Greg Hunt uh, and to their local health minister um, saying, please bring on uh, a national inquiry. So this is significant pushback to a narrative that um, is, is basically trying to dominate our country. Um, and so, yes, the economy is important. Yes, jobs are important. But the way we treat children... Uh, is very important, and we really must stand up for them and not lose sight of that. Um, you know, while we try and make sure everybody's got a job and um, food on the table. Interesting, isn't it? All of the controversies around uh, whose voice is being heard in the corridors of power and uh, whose agenda is being pushed, uh, even in the bureaucracy. Uh, one of those issues that you've been uh, dealing with of late, the Australian Christian Lobby. You've in fact caught the ACT government out running a secret fake consultation on proposed conversion practices. Uh, what, are your, uh, what are your thoughts on the developments there? Well, there's a consultation that closes today and I hold the, uh, the document in my hand seeking consultation and they chose not to put this out to the public but to give this to particular stakeholders. Um, you know, so they could select who they're consulting with different uh, LGBTI groups, uh, some health groups, uh, you know, what might be called human rights groups. I do know that a Christian school um, movement got this, but I'm not aware that any Christian churches in the ACT got this. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly aware that the Australian Christian Lobby wasn't provided with a copy. So the idea was the consultation would close today and that they will say we've, we've uh, you know, confided uh, in the community and here's what they've told us, uh, and it really is a sham. Uh, so you cannot find this consultation document that's in my hand. You cannot find it online. Uh, it's only been circulated privately. And they've said, well, when pushed by uh, one of the Christian stakeholders, they've said, well, you know, due to COVID-19, this was the appropriate way to do it. But, Neil, that's nonsense. You know, COVID-19 hasn't stopped other inquiries, doesn't stop people sending emails or, or putting up a notification on the internet. So we are concerned about this. Uh, we have uh, informed uh, the, an ACT senator. Uh, we've informed the opposition leader here in the ACT, uh, asking them to raise the issue uh, and uh, you know really shine a light on what the government here is trying to do uh, in a corner. They've, they've got an agenda. They, they want to get it through with a minimum of um, resistance and we are trying to provide that resistance. It's funny, isn't it, that, uh, you know, well, it would be uh, funny if it wasn't so serious. You know, sorry, we, we, we overlooked the biggest stakeholder here. Uh, when you talk about a Christian uh, insight into those sorts of processes, of course uh, the church needs to be consulted. And uh, it's obvious here that uh, the way you're describing this, Dan, it's, it's not a mistake that the church was overlooked, but deliberate. And that's what makes it a secret fake consultation. And so, uh, yes, I hope there's some traction you get with that uh, in the media today. Thank you, Neil. 
Hey, Dan, the euthanasia debate is heating up in Tasmania and the Liberal Premier saying he's uncomfortable with the proposal's inability to provide adequate safeguards. What are the developments there? This just shows what can be done uh, during COVID-19. There was a very significant uh, Tasmanian conference uh, of of huge political importance uh, conducted over the weekend. Uh, It was the Australian Christian Lobby's Tasmanian conference uh, uh, Eric Abetz, uh, the Tasmanian senator, spoke there and he was reported in uh, the Tasmanian uh, newspapers as saying that, look, this euthanasia bill that's being proposed uh, must be opposed by Christians uh, and he urged them to be political activists in the fight against uh, this voluntary assisted dying laws uh, or assisted suicide. Um, Mike Gaffney is an MLC who is driving the bill. Um, I know Mike uh, from my time working in Tasmania and, uh, you know, he is very concerned that uh, the Australian Christian Lobby is raising this voice of opposition. Uh, So it's true that uh, what we should do for those who are older, those who are vulnerable with terminal terminal illness is provide them with excellent palliative care, uh, great uh, spiritual and emotional support uh, and not a packet of pills or some concoction to kill them. Um, if we go down this path, we'll be facing sort of completed life legislation where when somebody asserts their life is done, you know, they can take the tablets. This is, this is where this heads, and um, often it surrounds itself with very compassionate language. But the truth is uh, this is about, you know, really uh, finishing off people whose, uh, you know, their usefulness is not, not as evident to others Uh, as those who are more productive. Very concerning. Yeah, and uh, for Tasmanian listeners uh, especially, uh, responding to that call from Liberal Senator Eric Abetz, basically saying Christians in Tasmania, and no doubt uh, overflowing into the rest of the mainland, uh, urging them to be political activists in light of those proposed voluntary assisted dying laws. Uh, in New South Wales, the Australian Christian lobby, Dan, uh, believes the Liberal the Liberal government in New South Wales has made the right call launching an inquiry into religious freedom reforms that have been proposed by Mark Latham. Uh, what's uh, what's happened? Is there a development there so far as uh, what Mark Latham's been talking about? Well, yes. You know, Mark Latham um, has proposed a bill to. Um, uh, protect religious freedom, protect people like Israel Palau or you or I from being sacked from uh, our employer by posting something on Instagram. Uh, So he has a form of bill that is excellent. It's actually clearer. It actually provides better protections on the face of it uh, than the current federal bill. So we want to see the federal bill improved in this direction. Um, Now, uh, Mark Latham is a member for One Nation. He's really a crossbencher in the upper house and, um, you know, does not uh, hold uh, any, you know, governmental power. But what we've seen, Neil, is that the New South Wales Liberal government have said, all right, we're going to pick up this bill and we will conduct a uh, parliamentary inquiry into it. Uh, so that's an excellent uh, outcome. Uh, it means that uh, the resources of government uh, will be uh, given to inquiring through this bill line by line and you know making public um, the importance of this. So the Liberal Party probably didn't have to do that, 
But I think they saw there was real merit in this. And I think that's what we're seeing uh, through a number of Mark Latham's initiative, initiatives that uh, he's providing great leadership uh, on the freedom of religion and freedom of expression front. Uh, so he's to be implored, you know, applauded in that regard. Okay. And Dan, let's uh, just finish off on uh, the issue of prostitution. And uh, there's a number of uh, issues and dimensions here in Victoria and in South Australia. And uh, there's some prostitution issues coming up with the August Northern Territory election. But uh, let's just touch on the one that's going on in Victoria where there's been a terrible child prostitution case. Uh, what are your thoughts around developments there and uh, what solutions might be uh, possibilities? Neil, the, the, whenever you have a legal uh, prostitution industry, uh, which, which we certainly do in Victoria, uh, you roll the red carpet out for sex traffickers. And so uh, you know, young people, young girls in particular, uh, come from Asia, they come from Eastern Europe, um, uh, because uh, there's a market. And when you create that legal market, you also create the illegal market and um, you, know, you accelerate demand. And what we've seen here in Victoria, and it won't be an isolated incident, but there was a 16-year-old uh, young girl who had been prostituted uh, by the, the pimps and those running the brothel, um, uh, all a function of demand. And so, you know, when, when young kids are, uh, highlighted in this way in court cases, we realise just how bad it is. So the solution, Neil, just say, uh, is uh, something that we're currently calling the Nordic um, way of regulating this, and that is to, uh, to enable women principally who are in prostitution to be able to find a dignified exit and to uh, find the men who are purchasing sex in this way, which is so demeaning for women and now obviously in Victoria, so demeaning for children. Uh, so that seems to be the way forward uh, to uh, really protect uh, people across the world from being trafficked into Australia. Well, no doubt listeners will be able to find some increased understanding with all sorts of articles and posts that you have on the Australian Christian Lobby website. And I always do like to point listeners to the ACL website when there's been so many issues discussed in this update that we do each Monday. But let me point listeners to the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au. And check out the resources, the information, and of course with elections looming, undoubtedly there'll be all sorts of great content there alerting listeners who are in electorates around the issues that are at hand and the candidates who are standing for election. acl.org.au. Dan Flynn is the Chief Political Officer of the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. That's my pleasure, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.